Hello, knowledge seekers. In this episode of 20 Minute Books, we delve into the ancient realms of heroism and monster slaying with the epic narrative poem Beowulf. Set amidst the stark landscapes of 6th century Scandinavia, this cornerstone of Anglo-Saxon literature chronicles the valiant deeds of its eponymous protagonist, Beowulf, from his brutal confrontations with the monstrous Grendel and his vengeful mother, to his ascension to the throne and his noble last stand. Though the identity of its creator remains shrouded in mystery, Beowulf was likely penned by a single author in England, between the 8th and 11th centuries. The poem has transcended time through a solitary manuscript from the 10th or 11th century, offering a priceless glimpse into the linguistic and cultural pedigree of English literature. Beowulf is a must-read for fantasy enthusiasts drawn to tales of grand quests and mythical creatures. It equally beckons adventure seekers and those who revel in the portrayal of gallantry. Beyond the thrills, it's an essential journey for anyone eager to trace the nascent threads of English storytelling. Embark on this legendary quest in just 20 minutes and be transported to a time where heroes wielded swords against the darkest of foes, all in the pursuit of glory and honor. Beowulf, a young warrior's battle with beasts and his rise to kingship. Introduction. A hero emerges from the mists of time, dive deep into the annals of ancient literature, and you'll peer into one of its greatest treasures, the epic saga of Beowulf. Amidst the fading echoes of history, this poem stands as a beacon of heroism and adventure in a world where humans and supernatural forces collide. With no known author to its name, Beowulf presents a narrative shrouded in enigma, having survived the ravages of time through a lone manuscript from centuries past. Before this written record, it was likely the spoken word that carried Beowulf's legend across the hearths and halls of its audience. But why does this old tale continue to capture the imagination of generation after generation? Set against the dramatic backdrops of Scandinavia, Beowulf chronicles the grand escapades of its protagonist, a figure revered for his prowess and valor. Beowulf, the prince, is not merely a hero. He is a superhuman force, deftly wielding colossal swords and grappling with monstrosities unaided. The familiarity of Beowulf might surprise the uninitiated reader. Its ripples can be felt across the expanse of modern storytelling, having influenced the likes of the Lord of the Rings trilogy, permeating fantasy realms such as Game of Thrones, and inspiring the virtual landscapes of countless video games. Its threads weave through our cultural fabric, linking tales of heroes and monsters across time. Yet to dismiss Beowulf as purely an adrenaline-fueled fantasy would be to overlook its richness and depth. Within its verses lie profound reflections on human bonds, the essence of fear, and the pangs of sorrow. It not only showcases the triumphs of its larger-than-life hero, but also contemplates his humanity and the destiny that awaits him. With hearts set on adventure, we now journey to the forest and fjords of 6th-century Denmark, where our epic story of Beowulf truly begins. Part 1. When Darkness Descends on Heorot 
In the realm of the Danes, the reign of King Hrothgar is marked by a crowning achievement, the construction of the illustrious Mead Hall Heorot. This regal structure serves not only as the monarch's court, but also as the heart of jubilation, where warriors gather to revel in victory and kinship. Yet the elation within these walls is soon to be stifled by a sinister presence that seeks to wreak havoc upon Hrothgar's hall. The demon named Grendel, lurking in the shadows of the night, is drawn to the raucous sounds of Heorot. Driven by malice, he descends upon the hall, and there the nightmare unfolds. Thirty of Hrothgar's men fall prey to Grendel's savage onslaught, their lives brutally extinguished. Night after night, the monster returns, his brutal attacks casting a paralyzing pall of dread over the Danes for twelve long years, with none of their desperate pleas to the gods yielding salvation. Yet in this darkest hour emerges a glimmer of hope. Sailing across the sea, a young prince, a warrior named Beowulf, answers the call of Heorot's plight. With forthright courage, he confronts King Hrothgar, vowing to face Grendel and end the slaughter. Beowulf's fearlessness is not unfounded. His faith is steadfast in a higher power, and his words resonate with destiny's inexorable march. Fate goes as fate must. As night descends and the revelry subsides, Beowulf and his band of warriors steel themselves for the horrors that approach. In the dead of the night, Heorot's doors groan open. Grendel is near, his eyes glinting with malevolent intent. Unbeknownst to the beast, Beowulf lies in wait. With bloodthirsty zeal, Grendel claims his first victim, unaware that his fate is about to intertwine with Beowulf's unyielding grasp. The ensuing struggle is ferocious. The clamber of bodies against wood echoes through Herot as swords strike futilely at the impervious monster. Only Beowulf's legendary strength can harm Grendel, the raw might that tears his arm asunder. Defeated, Grendel flees, his lifeblood seeping into the marsh, tinting the waters crimson as he meets his end. Triumphant, the once-sieged hall of Heorot now resonates with jubilation. Beowulf has liberated them from terror. The daylight brings not only repair to the hall, but the unholy trophy of Grendel's arm, now displayed as proof of the monster's demise. King Hrothgar declares Beowulf as kin, lavishing upon him a bounty befitting a savior, treasures, horses, and the luster of gold. As night falls once more and the banquet roars, little do the warriors know. A fresh peril broods in the darkness, awaiting its dreadful unveiling. Part two, a mother's fury, vengeance beneath the marsh. The apparent victory over the beast of Herot is short-lived. For Grendel, the fallen terror of the Danes, had a progenitor, a mother whose anguish has brewed into a vengeful storm. Under the shroud of darkness, she invades the celebrated hall of Herot, and in her wrath, takes the life of one closest to King Hrothgar. With her deed done, she retreats into the murky depths from whence she came. In the pall of morning, word reaches Beowulf, who at the time was abiding elsewhere. Upon returning, he finds the king steeped in sorrow. 
the fresh loss gouging a wound deeper than any weapon could. Yet Beowulf, the valiant Giet, proffers strength in place of tears, pledging to once again stand against the encroaching darkness. Mounted upon steeds, Beowulf and his retinue embark toward the murky waters that serve as the lair for Grendel's mother, the now haunted lake, feared by all creatures and shrouded in a mysterious and fiery glow at night, awaits them ominously. Encountering the slain man's severed head and surrounded by loathsome beasts, Beowulf readies himself for combat, his resolve unwavering in the face of imminent peril. Leaping into the treacherous waters, Beowulf plunges into the abyss, an underwater siege against time and creature alike ensues. But as he approaches the den of the she-serpent, a ferocious tug rests him into her cavernous domain. Amid the assaults of savage sea creatures, Beowulf grapples with Grendel's mother, discovering his trusty sword to be futile against her hide. Tested to his limits, he must once again fight with the force of his bare hands. In a twist of fortune, Beowulf's eyes fall upon a sword of giants, magnificent and massive. Seizing this weapon of destiny, he delivers a fatal blow, severing the head of the vengeful mother. Yet, the cavern holds a second gruesome task for the hero. Upon finding Grendel's lifeless body, Beowulf enacts a final act of retribution, decapitating the monster that had once terrorized Heorot. Above, under the fretful gaze of waiting eyes, the waters surge with blood, dampening the optimism of the onlookers, many of whom despair and disperse. But for the steadfast who remain, their faith is rewarded with Beowulf's triumphant ascent. Clutching the relics of his conquest, the jeweled hilt of a dissolved sword, and the grim head of Grendel, Beowulf emerges vindicated. His return to Herot trails the grotesque trophy of the battle, Grendel's head, across the floor of the mead hall. Amid renewed feasts and laughter, the shadow of fear is lifted. As departure beckons Beowulf, the king, swathed in gratitude, bestows upon the hero opulent parting gifts. More than the end of their plight, Beowulf's bravery has forged an alliance, uniting Geat and Dane. In their farewell, King Hrothgar, overcome with emotion and boundless love for the man who saved his people, weeps, anticipating that the eyes of the hero and the monarch would not meet again. Beowulf, guided by his destiny, sets his sights homeward, returning to the lands of the Geats, to the shores of his birth and the next chapter of his legacy. Part 3 From the Ashes A Dragon Arises. Homecomings are often laden with tales of valor, but for Beowulf, a return to Geatland meant disproving a past mired in doubt. In his homeland, whispers once branded him frail, but the warrior would sculpt his legend with undeniable might. Rising to sovereignty, Beowulf reigns with sagacity and strength, fostering an era of prosperity for half a century. Yet serenity is fleeting, and a formidable spectre looms. Awakened by a theft so trivial yet egregious to its hoarding sensibilities, a dragon unleashes its wrath upon Beowulf's realm. A mere golden cup stolen from its ancient troves incites a maelstrom of fire and fury, reducing Beowulf's abode to embers. With this, the king discerns the prelude to his last odyssey, a confrontation foretold by destiny itself. 
In the shadow of his impending duel, Beowulf stands resolute, conceding to his warriors that the encroaching battle is his to bear alone. The imminent clash is not merely for survival, but for the splendor of triumph, even if it demands the ultimate sacrifice. Thus, at the mouth of the dragon's lair, amidst an inferno's roar, the king engages the beast. His blade, once reliable, now falters against the armored scales of his adversary. Their strife unfolds as those bound by loyalty abandon their posts, save for one, Wiglaf, whose devotion rallies him to his king's side. As they wage a valiant struggle, the young warrior pities Beowulf and remains unwavering in support, even as his own defenses are scorched away. Together, yet outmatched in might, they endure the dragon's onslaught, their swords scant but their spirits indomitable. Disaster strikes as the dragon's venomous fangs sink into Beowulf's neck. Time narrows, the moment turns dire, and Wiglaf lands a decisive blow, piercing the dragon's belly. In a final testament to his enduring fortitude, Beowulf unleashes the remnants of his vigor, driving a knife deep into the dragon's ribs and sealing the fates of both dragon and king. The serpent lies defeated, but at the cost of the hero's life. Poison pulses through Beowulf, heralding the end. As he grapples with the specter of death, the king, bereft of an heir, reflects with pride on a reign marked by honor and justice. In a final act of kinship, he bequeaths his golden collar to Wiglaf, his successor in spirit if not in blood. With his lineage extinguished and his life force waning, Beowulf contemplates his lineage and faces mortality. His last breath is a lament for his vanished kin, a lineage distinguished and now complete. The denizens of Geatland shroud themselves in mourning, envisioning bleak prospects bereft of their bulwark king. Foreboding whispers seep through the whispers, predictions of strife and incursions in the void of Beowulf's protection. Beowulf's mortal remains meet their pyre, a beacon of his enduring legacy, as the flames ascend skyward. One woman's cries permeate the ceremony, her voice foreshadowing a grievous epoch rich with conquest and loss. In the aftermath, a monument arises on a promontory, a monolith testament to Beowulf's eminence piercing the horizon for seafarers to bear witness. In a final procession, twelve warriors encircle the burial mount, their hearts laden with sorrow. They extol his virtues, his graciousness, his inexorable will, and his limitless aspirations. And so the legend of Beowulf, the mightiest of earthly kings, is etched into the annals of time. Final summary venture to the stark northern landscapes of ancient Scandinavia, where the tale of Beowulf unfolds, a poem woven with valor and dread, chronicling the saga of a noble warrior whose name would echo through the halls of time. Our hero, Beowulf, hailing from the Geatish throne, crosses the sea to Danish shores, responding to the pleas of King Hrothgar, whose grand mead hall, Hiorot, is under siege by the monstrous Grendel. In a clash where brute force collides with primal fear, Beowulf, in an extraordinary display of might, rends Grendel to his demise, crushing the beast with nothing but his hands. Yet the blood spilled breeds another vengeful beast, 
Grendel's mother, Beowulf's resolve is unyielding as he descends into her watery den to bring a fatal end to her reign of terror with a sword crafted for giants. Peace is restored to Heorot, and as a token of indefatigable courage, King Hrothgar showers Beowulf with honor and riches. With sails set towards Geatland, Beowulf's legacy is magnified. Inheriting the crown, he steers his people through half a century of prosperity. But serenity is shattered when a dragon, incensed by a purloined cup, scalds the land with its wrath. Beowulf, older yet still possessed by the spirit of the warrior, confronts his mortality and the dragon in a fight where glory and doom are intertwined. With swords proving futile against the dragon's hide, it is through Beowulf's dying act of valor and the aid of a loyal warrior, Wiglaf, that the creature is vanquished. As the life ebbs from Beowulf's poisoned wound, his thoughts turn not to his own end but to a legacy marked by strength and fairness. He entrusts his keepsakes to Wiglaf, his true successor, whose aid in the dragon's defeat proved the metal within him. As Beowulf's ashes climb to the heavens, his people lament the loss of their shield against the storm of war. A mound, towering and visible to those at sea, marks the resting place of the world's most revered king. Around this hallowed ground, warriors lament the loss of Beowulf, the paragon of kings, whose ambition for greatness was matched only by the greatness of his deeds. Thank you for joining me today on this journey of learning and discovery as we explored the insights of another thought-provoking book in our growing library of knowledge. If you've enjoyed our time together, please take a moment to follow our podcast, give us a five-star rating, and share 20-minute books with other knowledge seekers. Your support truly means a lot. Don't forget to join me again in the next episode, where we will delve into another enriching book. Until then. Happy reading and happy listening.